Hello and welcome to another episode of Triassic Park. And uh, we're doing things a little bit differently this time. Uh, joining me is Jason. Hello, Jason. Oh, hello. Hello, 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 hello. And uh, basically because, um, you know, one, my health has been a little spotty lately, and two, um, next month is going to be like a fucking insane uh, episode, like amount of episodes for King Kong, uh, just in the research alone. Like I'm currently on my third book. Uh, there's two books that you're reading for it, and I have more books in the mail. So um, you guys will be getting a lot of Kong content. Let's just say that. A lot of Kong content, uh, as we're calling it these days. Um, you know, if, if this was like a, a startup tech company, they would 100% be like, oh, you're bringing the content this time. You gotta bring content. <laughs> I've attempted to research for... This is the third podcast I've attempted to research for a Kong movie, or a podcast. And it, guys, Kong is just the research is a beast in and of it. Like, there is so much information about Kong that it's you need two people. You know, you need a research team. I think. Oh yeah. To do. Kong oh yeah. There'll the, the, really... be stuff that you know. Of course, you know, we're, we're two people, right? There, there's going to be stuff that we miss. Um, Especially one of the one of the, the hardest parts about researching King Kong is that so much stuff is out of print, and the other uh, the other issue you come across is that there is a lot of conflicting information. That's what I was gonna say too. It takes um, an incredible amount of work to try to suss out what appears to be real and what isn't because you basically have a, a, a team of people who give a different accounts of shit that happened with different agendas, you know? Yeah, ex exactly. And, you know, uh, Marion C. Cooper is, like, the world's greatest sh showman, so he's obviously he's just going to say shit. whatever's the I, greatest story, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, well, you know, we'll, we'll get into that when, when we talk C. about Cooper Kong. is the Scrooge McDuck of his day. Oh, the fuck. The real Scrooge he's... McDuck. Oh my God! Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. The the fate, the Mason thrust of uh... Willis O'Brien is Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> doing all the work and getting fucking blown up, you know? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so um, instead of doing our normal where I do like a big spiel on stuff, we actually are just gonna be watching old documentaries uh, this time around. And uh, we're gonna do two on uh, on this episode and two and two on another uh, another two weeks uh, near the end of the month. And uh, you know, I just thought this would be a fun some fun thing to do and kind of like explore. Um, you know, these documentaries. Some of them were made straight for DV straight for VHS. Other things were like you know aired on cable once. Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of fun things out there for dinosaurs and for cryptids and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there is not actually a lot of information about their making of. So it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, can't really do a spiel because I don't think anyone knows anything about these movies after they were made, basically. Um, and uh, today we are talking about a, a real ass, pretty amazing documentary called Dinosaur with an exclamation park, uh, mark, hosted by Christopher Reeve. And we're also um watching uh, we also watched fantastic dinosaurs at the movies which is basically a trailer compilation so uh that will be fun that'll be fun to fun to get into uh, all of that jason have you seen either of these not until today when i watched them um 
while I was supposed to be working, so I got paid to watch them today. Uh, thank you very much, Corporate America. Um, you finally did something right. Um, finally. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I'm so glad that I did, um, especially this first one. I think it is in every shape and form, a shape and form rather, um, a treasure. Like I wish this was way easier to find, and I really think we'll get into probably why, but I think this should be packaged with every release of Jurassic Park, in my opinion, um, because I think it's probably integral to the ideas that became Jurassic Park in some ways, like visually. Um, visually, one hundred percent. Yeah, so it's very uh, informative. Um, and it is, you know, we've watched a bunch of dinosaur films. I would say it has more suspense than almost every fucking film we've watched. And I love some of the films we've watched. But this this documentary with the stop motion um, dinosaurs, right, are incredible. Incredible. Like, they are uh, breathtaking. And we'll get into the, I think, in detail about them, right? But Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. But, you know... It, they are suspenseful, scary, um, yeah, Heart, they're, they're gorgeous. Heartbreaking, even? Like, they, you know, there's, the like, times, some legitimate yeah. emotion around this. It's crazy, right? I was yeah. um, gobsmacked watching this, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So this is um, from 1985, this documentary. Uh, I love that it's dinosaur with an exclamation mark, because I just think that's amazing. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I really enjoyed that. And it's it's hosted by Christopher Reeve, which is uh, was a really uh, nice thing to get because, man, there's like very few people who have uh, as affable a presence as Christopher Reeve. To be honest with you, he's a wonderful actor. Like, um, I think it's, so good. I, I, you know, I think obviously we said the word Christopher Reeve, and the first thing that popped into your head was Superman. Um, and I think that's sort of a shame, even though those Richard Donner. That Richard Donner film and the second film, I adore. Um, I, I think, you know, they sort of get worse as they go along, right? Um, three's kind of a joke, right? Um, yes. But Superman 1 and 2 is sort of what you think of, and there's way more to that man's career. So I kind of want to start there, really. I know it doesn't have a ton to do with the documentary itself. Um, but if you are somebody who only knows Christopher Reeve from Superman, which I think is a lot of people... The movie I might recommend, because I think it's really accessible, is Death Trap. Have you ever seen Death Trap? Oh, Death Trap is like one of my favorites. It's I so fucking good. love Death Trap. And he's great in that. So the premise of that movie, um, Death Trap is like an 80s film um, directed by uh, Sidney Lumet. Yeah. Um, the great Sidney Lumet, obviously. It also has um, my friend, your friend everyone's friend Michael Caine in it, right? So it's basically a Michael Caine, um, Christopher Reeve film. And the idea is Michael Caine is a struggling screenwriter, right? Oh, no, actually, he's a popular screenwriter whose last play, stage play, bombs, right? So he's sort of like at the end of his career. And Christopher Reeve plays his old student who sends him a script he's just written. And Michael Caine reads it and is like, this is fucking brilliant. So his idea is to learn Christ What an idea for a film lure christopher reed to his house and then murder him and steal the script and um it's even better than that like that's the idea of the film and it's even better than that right so, oh yeah oh yeah it's amazing um, it's amazing i think it has a lot in common i think it's always like really fun to watch with the other michael kane movie that's kind of in the same vein which is sleuth 
from 1972. Yes. And like, I, I think this is like a, almost like a natural uh, reoccurrence of that because in that movie, Michael Caine is the young person. And right. then uh, in, in this movie, he's like the el- more elderly and Christopher Reeve is that new body, new face that's kind of like coming in. and Crazy to think is, Michael Caine was elderly in 1982. But yeah, that's... Uh, well, that's... <laughs> you, you know what I mean, though. I don't, he's like a bajillion years old right now. Yes. Um, he is. He is. So, but I, I was just recommending that because I think that it's um, an um, accessible film, right? There's um, a lot of other great Christopher Reeves, Reeve films. Um, you know, I would just say, uh, check out his full catalog, because I think getting a role like Superman kind of screws you in a way. Like, being the Superman, you know? Because, as, as obviously, um, helpful it was for him, you know, success-wise, I think it, in some ways, you know, overshadows all the other great work he did. You know, in this documentary, he's phenomenal in as well. Um, right he's like so he's so good he's so fucking good in this doc uh and also i think from uh just before we move on from christopher reeve's career i think my favorite of his is still somewhere in time i find that like a really 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 compelling the day too oh i haven't seen remains of the day actually that's a great film nice Um, nice yeah um and he's also in um the HBO film, I'm trying to remember what that name of that film is. Um, Somewhere in Time is great as well, um, but um, uh, what's the name of that film? Hold on. Um, in the Gloaming. Um, I don't oh, know if you okay. ever heard of that film. No. Um, he directed it actually as well. Um, that he uh, directed that film actually is is what I meant to say. He's not actually. He directed it. Um, it's an HBO film that was like in the nineties. And it is about the AIDS ep- the AIDS epidemic. It's really good. It's really, really nice. Good. It has Glenn Close in it. Um, Bridget Fonda. Yeah, it's, that's a good movie. And I think Whoopi Goldberg's in it too. Actually. Oh, awesome! Awesome. Yeah. So that's um, you know, it's it's a good HBO film. I checked that out as well. But yeah. Now back to dinosaur. Um, Dinosaur is uh, apparently it's a TV movie, um, so I wasn't sure exactly where it came from. And all of so basically, you know, they go through some of the history of dinosaurs in like movies and pop culture, and then like how we interact with dinosaurs, like from a societal standpoint. Uh, I think there's some really cool, like showing some sculptures, some animatronics, some like highways, like when they're just like, oh, there's dinosaurs along the highways and like motels and all this stuff. But like the real meat of uh, meat of this is a uh, it's basically they kind of cut up and they re uh, re put together beautifully um, a Phil Tippett stop motion short called Prehistoric Beast. And that's where all of this stop motion footage comes from. And um, this actually uh, it won Tippett an Emmy for special effects. So, it so being is in that, here, uh, yeah. So th- I didn't realize it was from another short. So is that short available elsewhere? But yeah, like the, you can find it uh, in full on YouTube, where they just edited the whole thing together. Gotcha. Um, and it was kind of just. It looks like let's let's only take a look at this for sure. So it's yeah. So it's it's experimental. Um, and it was uh, produced at Phil Tippett Studios, um, just, you know, uh, called Tippett Studio. So there you go. That's fun. Um, and it 
it looks like it was basically only yeah so it only went to um animation special special festivals at the time so it didn't actually get released so this is the only place you could see this footage really um except for people yeah cool yeah and it's great like um i think it uses um what they call go motion not stop motion which is um a process that kind of blurs everything to make it look smoother right yeah i Um, I noticed that because uh the the fluid of the the motion was uh, really impressive it's really Um, similar to the work i think he did on like empire strikes back with the tauntauns and all that stuff right Um, yeah and it looks very similar to that which looks great to this day obviously obviously right everyone knows that um but just to give you an idea of what these dinosaurs look like they look incredible they look, they look as good as they look better than some CGI, I would say today. Oh, they, I, I, so what I think is, so this is very similar to, um, you know, when, when I was a teen, uh, there was watching, walking with dinosaurs, which is this kind of the same idea of using prehistoric background. Um, and, uh, all of those done were done with CG and, uh, I enjoy all of those. Like those are, those are fun to watch, but, um, they didn't have the emotion and they didn't have the realism, like the feelings that you get from this. Um, so I thought that was, that was very interesting. Um, how, um, how effective this little short doc was and, you know, immediately off the top, like it's immediately prevalent that pill Tippett worked on fucking, um, Jurassic park. Right. Yes. The, oh, the, especially the scenes around the velociraptors they're the same size as the ones in jurassic park which is not proportionate to what they really were but well but I those think are, they, was, they I, were I, not those were that was not velociraptors oh okay well they look exactly like the velociraptors right but jurassic that is park. that is actually one of the things that is that is fascinating about this because it's basically uh in the movie jurassic park they just swapped out I think it's like di- di- Dionysus or whatever. Uh, yes, yes, they, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah they, they swapped those creatures out with um, Velociraptors, basically, because that's what how they actually look, right? Yeah. So they, they actually look like, uh, yeah, so Dionysus or whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck. Those are the things that actually yeah. are what the Jurassic Park raptors are. Still not accurate, but they were a lot more... Well, so some of the uh, stuff is just outdated, right? And I think it's trying to be as accurate as it possibly can, but some of the stuff is, you know, um, like Gigantosaurus, um, it was later revealed. I, I have kids that are um, in love with dinosaurs, so I've watched a lot of dinosaur documentaries. Um, Gigantosaurus is actually a mix-up where, in this they're acting like it's a recent discovery, because it is, right? It's a, a film from, when was this, 1980-something, right? 1985. Um that was a mix-up between two different dinosaur bones that were, like, in the same area, so they kind of thought um, Gigantosaurus was, big, was much bigger than it actually was. Um, it's no longer considered to be the largest dinosaur or, like, a, you know... Are you, so um, you're, you're talking about the Ultrasaurus or whatever, oh, right? Ultrasaurus, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The, uh, the Gigantosaurus is a real thing, uh, but oh, it's yeah, like yeah, a... Yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a larger-ish T-Rex. Because right. it's not actually that much bigger than a T-Rex, and it has, like, a very different bone structure and everything. But anyways... Well, look, um, but they, they thought the bones were, were were making a new dinosaur when it wasn't, right? Yeah, yeah. So a that, bigger, that, yeah. bigger dinosaur, right? Right, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and actually, um, there's there, this was actually a combination of that uh, original short, but there's also new footage. So there actually is new, uh, okay. new animation done to 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 uh, to flesh it out. So this is actually it's better than just watching it uh, in the base format. So I actually think that that's really cool. Um, can I refer to one more of the um, um, stop motion or go motion, whatever you want to call it, um, segments from Phil Tippett? Really I mean, quick. obviously. Obviously. There's a segment with the uh, mono, monocolonosis, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I was, um, I, was, I was like, that was fun. I was like, oh, that's um, cool. <laughs> um, that, it, first of all, it is one of the most um, nerving scenes from any of the movies we watched for this podcast like it like it talks about how they are uh pack animals right and then it shows one which recognizes suddenly that it's separated from the entire pack right and then it makes this noise first of all it's the exact same noise the raptors make in jurassic park when they're calling out to each other so obviously that's that was lifted from this and then implemented it's Sounds great, obviously. It's an iconic sound in Jurassic Park, I would say. But then you get this fucking Hitchcockian, like, build-up to this this dinosaur. Like, it slowly pans through the jungle and the trees, like, part. And then it, to this horror show with its, like, Pax ribcage being exposed and bloody. And it comes upon the Tyrannosaurus Rex, which it then attempts to kill it. And it fights it to the bitter end as it's backed up against the dead bodies of its former pack. It's incredible. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is uh, It is awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I was and, uh, blown away. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've oh, ever seen. It for sure. So for sure. Uh, I love that that scene uh, technically takes place in a prehistoric Alberta, which is where I used to live. So, oh, nice. Um, yeah. There you go. That's pretty cool. Uh, I was actually impressed. Um, so, uh, one, I, I don't think I've ever actually seen uh, a mon- monocleosis. Uh, it's monocleonesis. Like, it's, it's, part, it's yeah. a tough one to say. And also, it sounds like a disease. Uh, but anyways, uh, I don't think I've actually seen one of them like fully realized. Um, there in in the movie The Lost World, there was a dinosaur that kind of looks a similar way, but it's actually a different species, which is actually a species that didn't exist. So like they had based it off of bones that were actually of this creature, but it was like uh, they there was like an ag- 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 agagusmuth. Uh, which sounds like a Christmas, but it's not. Uh, it's like Avaguth Mass. Uh, Side note, um, what happens is when two dinosaurs kiss each other, one passes monoclonosis to the other. But yeah, that's the closest that I have uh, seen in... Um, a, in a movie because there's in the original 1925 the lost world there is a, a gothmas and it is it's one of those one-horned uh like ceratopsians but it has a way different hide and a way different frill and that's just because they uh didn't know what it actually looked like and somebody was just like here's a pretty picture i'm just gonna add this to it and they're like oh that's much pretty what how it looked like um but uh, I thought that was that was really cool. I thought it was uh, really interesting what 
sequences they chose to show from movies to kind of like set up the yeah. ho- Hollywoodness of it. Um, it, it with some some stuff that I, I I really was not expecting. I was not expecting to see anything from Caveman in there, um, which is the uh, Ringo, Ringo Star st- film. Yeah. Yeah, the Ringo Star film, which looks like a delight. I'm actually going to be watching it later this week because uh, oh, cool. there's another podcast I'm going to be on. Yeah, this this um this documentary really kept sort of fooling me because it's sort of everything. Like it it sets you up to believe the it's one thing, and then it moves on to something else, and then it moves on to cryptids, and then it moves on to you know, this segment where there's people saying the dumbest shit you've ever heard. There's <laughs> guys like. Tyrannosaurus Rex, that's the flying one, right? And you're like, holy fucking shit. And it goes like, I think dinosaurs are cute, but I wouldn't marry one unless they're rich. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm done with this fucking documentary, but then it slowly moves on. It quickly moves on to something else. And this documentary is really good at... I, I could see, like, if I was of a certain age, this might be my favorite documentary of all time, because it really does a great job of sucking in... Um, I, I would say... Kids who would probably are vaguely um, familiar and probably a little excited about dinosaurs and shows them like a whole bunch of stuff. It doesn't take too much time. It doesn't get it gets sciency, but not too sciency. It um, shows clips from films, like you said. It really does a good job of just like striking at the imagination and the possibilities of dinosaurs while giving them some information. Um, and that's kind of what it's about. Like, how does dinosaur, how do dinosaurs resonate with us today? Um, and I think in that way, it's sort of a really powerful documentary. Oh, yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. And uh, do you know the other very uh, prevalent Jurassic Park connection to this movie? I, uh, I guess I don't. What is it? So they interview, one of the people they interview is a man by the name of Robert Baker. Mm-hmm. Um and he is an American paleontologist, and um, he is referenced in the first Jurassic Park book, basically. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, and uh, there's like a character that was mentioned on him, um, and in the Lost World, the sequel, and the, there is a character the the that movie. that is a spitting image of exactly how he is dressed in this documentary, which wow. I thought was hilarious, and it's entirely based off of. Um, like uh, of it was like a caricature of of the man and of the paleontologist because he was um, cool. you know which uh, which one is that you know can you describe it oh he's the man with the beard and the the hat basically oh yeah yeah he was great yeah. he was awesome and uh, he was the one that yeah was exactly um, the one that basically tears down um the concept that asteroid or like a um some sort of comet killed the dinosaurs right right i which i I actually thought that was a very uh fascinating um discussion because i'm like yeah no that's actually kind of kind of a a fair statement and a fair thing to talk about because you know we all want there to be like some big cosmos event but uh in reality it's probably much more simple than that and it's probably a mixture of of many many things right like the yeah. Uh, you know, as we kind of learning with life, um, you know, the, there is a lot of things that can uh, lead to your demise, and it's always unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does a really, um, he's incredibly passionate individual, you could tell, right, um, the way he's describing that. Um, he does a great job of making it clear, 
right? Like, in a way that even a kid would understand. And it's great. It, you know, he's, he's, um, he stood out to me. So, like, I'm not surprised. You know, he didn't, he's, he obviously made a huge impact on everybody. Um, right. So, right. Yeah. Apparently, he also appears in the Sega CD video game version of Jurassic Park. What? So, there you go. There you go. He just shows up in uh, Sega CD, Jurassic Park. Um, but yeah, I thought that, I thought that was, uh, that was kind of, that, that's kind of, uh, was, was a really fun thing. Cause like, as soon as I saw him and I heard the name and I was like, wait a minute, is that the guy? Because he looks a lot like the guy from the lost world and, uh, lo and behold. Yep. That's, uh, that's exactly who it is. I, I was very impressed that, so this was clearly a, uh, a doc that was like, you know, very north american friendly which i thought was uh was fascinating true. Yeah. um in that like it was not just america based um and i think you know i think that that's a really important thing and i guess it's kind of unavoidable when you talk about uh when you talk about dinosaurs because uh to be fair like there is a whole bunch like i think the cuz canada has such a large landmass uh, and especially in the prairies, there are tons of fucking dinosaur fossils. So you kind of really can't just say it's, uh, like, America-based. Um, but, I mean, even the film Jurassic Park, like, it, they all, they're they talking about mostly, like, American sites and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, it, 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 I was really happy in this documentary that they were really talking to a wide variety of people and a large variety of... Um, different paleontologists because you know there's uh, I, I noticed there was appearance from uh, people in Ottawa which is Canada's capital yep. there was you know the Alber- there was a bunch of Alberta paleontologists discussed and I, I you know I, and they mix in with like some folks from like New Ma- New Mexico and stuff like that and uh, you know I, j- I just thought that was a uh, was a uh, was, was a way to really celebrate dinosaurs in a way that didn't just feel like it was rah rah one country which you know it can happen right like there there are um, there are plenty of movies featuring giant monsters that have a tinge of ma- nationalism in them, and I didn't feel that from this. It just felt like a yeah. real, uh, real pro pro dino movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think Christopher Reeves in the uh, American Museum of Natural History, right? Um, but I think they also take the time, and then one of the other scientists is in, and you're gonna have to is he in the Ottawa Museum of Natural History or yep. the yep. Toronto? Yeah. Um, so they they really show both. Um. The, the New York American Museum of Natural History is one of my favorite museums of all time. Maybe my favorite museum of all time. Um, it's just an incredible dinosaur museum. It really made me um, miss being able to go out and going to museums. So um, it was nice to see uh, Christopher kind of walking around there showing some of the dinosaur bones. Uh, yeah, it made me it made me miss it, the before time, you know? Soon, soon. Hopefully, uh, hopefully soon. We'll see about that. Hopefully soon. Maybe we'll be in museum soon. Maybe I'll oh, be there. I can't wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, and I really thought it was interesting. You don't really see, like, scientifically-minded documentaries sort of talk about Loch Ness um, in one breath, and then the next and then the next breath be like, it probably doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Um, they also talk about... McKelly uh, Membe, which I thought yeah. was really... Which I, I was, like, kind of thrown on that one. I was like, oh, wow, McKelly Membe. Oh, that's I kind of a that that's kind of a, a left turn. Um, and the guy they have to talk about it, did I... Was I wrong? Or did they not actually put up a, a, a thing to say who he was? 
Because it seemed like there was not any like statements as to who that guy was, and he's like, I, I saw it myself. I've seen oh, no, they Kelly did Mobile. not. They did not. He was just some dude. Um, <laughs> it was weird. That was really weird. Um, that was yeah. that was very weird. But yeah, but I you know I I I didn't even really know about Macaulay Mumbe until recently. So if I would have seen this documentary earlier, it would have been awesome, right? Yeah. Um, I had um, you know, I'd heard about that because um, uh, there there there's been uh, stories of that forever. Uh, David Cho. Who? David Cho. Do you know who that is? No. Uh, he did some stuff with. And, and the reason I know him is because he did a bunch of stuff with, uh, he did like, he was, he did stuff for Ray Gun, um, Vice, he did stuff with, um, Anthony Bourdain. Right. Um, so, I don't know, David Cho, he's, he's an American artist, um, but he, he did this story on Vice where he went into the jungle, never found it, right, lost his mind, basically, um, I'm looking for Michele Bombay, and it's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of a problematic dude, but it's a fascinating story. Yeah, no, that's uh, that is that is fascinating. So yeah, so d- definitely, like this is uh, you know, it's about a 50 minute doc, and it's available on YouTube. Uh, we'll I'll I'll link it in the show notes, and honestly, you should watch it because um, there is so much in the way those dinosaurs move and they react that reminded me so much of Jurassic Park, and it's so effective. In just the the ex- execution of it all, so um, can I bring up it, two more things from this documentary? And then um, we'll yeah, man, you can bring up twenty thousand things of the, under the sea. There's yeah, there's this paleontologist who looks kind of like um, I don't even know how to describe him. He's got like a suit on. He's like balding. He's a skinny looking nerd, and he shows us this fucking thing he calls a dinosauroid, which is what a dinosaur would look like if it continued to evolve into being a humanoid and it is the most terrifying thing i've ever fucking seen i don't know how somebody hasn't taken that and made a movie out of that um maybe they have and i'm just not aware of it but it is horrifying it is incredibly incredibly scary do you, do you recall this thing this this thing oh yes talking... i uh i i do recall that and i will recall it for the rest of my goddamn life because it'll haunt my dreams um that is uh basically what the plot of the first fourth jurassic park movie was gonna be before it got oh, axed. <laughs> they were going to make dinosaur armies and shit like there's like human and dinosaur crossbreeding Isn't to make that a sort huge what they were army doing with the jurassic world movies sort of trying to weaponize the dinosaurs that that is but um it was uh it was a lot more uh human i hybrid like people with like fucking triceratops heads and wielding guns and shit like that um is that what you're gonna do with that that franchise is like um, no i don't think so you sure you sure they're not gonna just have chris pratt fuck a dinosaur and they're gonna (laughs) the dinosaur he's gonna fuck blue and then they're gonna have a baby together is i i really hope not I really hope not. I kind of hope so. No, um, no, I don't. What's the other thing you want to bring up? <laughs> um, at the end of this film, Christopher Reeve has the most poetic way to end this film, and it is incredible, and I wrote it down. Do you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely, but I want to hear you do the whole thing. He right. says, they're not creatures from museums or fossil beds. They're made of more than rock and sand. They're eternal. Because they live in our imagination. And what an incredible ending to this documentary. Um, so good. It's so wonderful. Good. 
so good amazing amazing any any there's, other uh any other thoughts for that i would say there's a thousand and one reasons to watch this documentary and zero reasons not to and you should definitely watch it hell yeah hell yeah i can't uh you know can't argue with that and now we go on to the other documentary we watch which is fantastic dinosaurs of the movie fantastic dinosaurs of the movies um, and you know it 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 is uh, one of my uh, favorite things in um, the entire world, which is just trailer component compilations that are kind of strung together and put together and kind of um, you know tell and put a set a mood piece that you're like like you're at a drive-in and you're about to enjoy an amazing experience and uh, I. Th- thought that this was a really really fun version of that um this is like an a little over an hour right yep yep Um, i would say 55 minutes of this is that and the other like beginning part which is like five minutes is just talking about harryhausen yeah that one was a little weird and it's really weird how they do it it's really weird they're sort of like, i felt like i was at a restaurant and they rolled the dessert cu- card up and they're like would you like tiramisu or skeletons stabbing you in the face would you like some cheesecake with strawberries or would you like a dinosaur eating you like that's how it's like presented it's really weird it's kind of um, funny because there is another um very similar um doc for like a it's called uh, bruce lee and kung fu mania and what? it's like uh it's uh basically it's like a compilation of shaw brothers and old uh uh you know martial arts movie uh trailers uh and it was done by the same guys and it's it has the exact same thing so it like starts where it's like showing the creation of uh enter the dragon uh, and it goes on for like the, like five five minutes or so, and like a bunch of set stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like, bam! Now just watch this flying guillotine trailer, and oh wow, look at this whoosh up! Wow, wow, wow! Um, so I guess it was just uh, it's kind of like a, a a theme for these particular type of uh, straight to video um, ways of. Uh, showcasing like docs basically because like it's basically like is that what this is is like because i I wasn't like i I honestly was while i was watching this i was like is this just someone on youtube made made this compilation oh no 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 uh this is like a 1990 vhs so it's straight to vhs and uh it's just a compilation of all these fantastic dinosaurs of the movies and um yeah so it, it was like uh, officially made and um i actually have quite a few of the compilations that are kind of made in this similar style um one of another one of the the ones that i really like is there is a one uh a one called horrible horror that's actually hosted by zachary Lee, and it's like a it's it's a it's a similar thing and has some some zachary uh bend to it um but this was one of those movies where like a lot of kids growing up this was a lot of their first introductions to things like Godzilla and a lot of these like classic, classic movies. Um, this thing makes be- Godzilla look fucking awesome, which Godzilla is fucking awesome, but it makes it really does a great job of highlighting um, how awesome Godzilla is. I think. Oh yeah, hundred hundred percent, hundred percent, because it is um, really. Um, it kind of highlights the fact of in its time 
like people make stupid comments about Godzilla nowadays and I don't even think it's true nowadays but especially not back in that era like they kind of like dismiss the the effects of those movies and I think if you watch something like this you really see that when it's put into context it's like oh wow they actually made something and they didn't just tape a fucking fin on a lizard and be like ah let's make these fucking lizards fight after we just glued a bunch of shit on them right like um they there's a lot of artistry and there's a lot of effort and there's a lot of the work put into these and it looks like really good i would say so uh, what are were there any movies in here that you hadn't seen that that you really wanted to see so well i actually uh, uh, is that is that what you want to do because i have written down every single one of these and we could go through them in order too if you prefer hey fuck, let, let's do that let's do that then okay that sounds great that sounds great so it starts with um the um, 1955 film Journey to the Beginning of Time, which is a film that is um, about these kids that go into a cave and find themselves. A lot of these films um, are just like people who end up in different places magically, and this is one of them. Um, and, and sort of, um, you know, they go through time and into a mysterious cave. Right. I think that movie is originally like um it's a it's not a English movie. Um, no, it's a Czech movie. Yeah, okay, so it's a Czech movie, which I think is what one of the things that kind of makes it a little little extra interesting in in, in my opinion at least. Yeah, and I know Steven Spielberg has said that this is a huge influence on Jurassic Park this film. Nice, nice. Yeah, nice. So I am uh, I'm very excited to to uh, watch that one. Yeah, um I have not seen this film, by the way. But, you know, it's it's an interesting, it's sort of like the plot of, like, a Saturday morning cartoon, because they're sort of, like, at a museum and go into a cave sort of thing, is my understanding. And they um, end up in the past sort of thing, so it's almost like the plot for, like, a Magic School Bus episode, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that's, um, so you haven't seen this one. No, but I do. I did just realize. Okay, so this that is so it is actually part of the Criterion Collection, and it's nice. one of their newer box sets that came out that has a whole bunch of um, films that are in the same style by a very specific director. And I have ordered that, and it's on its way. So I will be seeing this one soon. Oh, nice! So uh, please report back, and um, you know, hundred percent. Say what? Say what? Uh, say, say how you felt about it. Um, what you need. The next one is the the next one that we see is the famous uh, film, the 1960 film, The Lost World. Um, oh my by god! Allen. Fucking early Erwin um, Allen, just like, just I I have not seen this one by the way. This is one that I definitely will be f- watching. I'll be honest though, I'm kind of it's one of those ones that I'm kind of putting it off just because uh, as we'll go through. It's another one of those, we taped a bunch of fucking stuff on, yes. a, on a lizard and just called exactly. it a day. Um, starring Claude Rains, Jill St. John, and uh, I believe it was uh, Frosty the Poodle as well. Frosty the Poo- Poodle. Just, you know, he's Frosty not as good as uh, a duck that appears later in this movie. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> that is a film I have seen. I have not seen this film. No, I. It, it's one of those things where I, I, I am very interested to see it because I think the uh, the Lost World is one of the most iconic stories and story structures to uh, kind of put. Of course, it gets ripped in. off time and time again. Yeah. Time and time again, it's like even the nineteen thirty three King Kong is basically a rip off of, um, of the 
Lost World, right? Especially yeah, you the... see this. I noticed this is sort of a theme, right? Like um, how prominent, like the writer is in the the marketing material. Right? Yes, they, yes, because it's you know. it's basically um, you know you've got Arthur Conan Doyle and then you've got uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs, right? Like, and those are the two guys that are like always, always, yeah, um, in the top. Um, next we have um, King Dinosaur. Very, uh, infamous King Dinosaur. Yep, yep. So this is early. This is early Bird Eye Gordon, um, Mr. Yep. Big, as he's called. I've um, seen this film, um, but in um, through the lens of uh, Mr. Science Theater three thousand. Right. I have not. Se- I have not seen this yeah. one either. It's one that I've almost bought a few times. I just have not actually sat down and, and watched it in full. I've seen a lot of other Bird Eye Gordon films, and. Uh, Believe me, this podcast will, will cover an extensive amount of Bored Eye Gordon. So, like, don't uh, don't fear. Uh, there's a lot of Mr. Big coming your way. Yep. Um, you know, uh, next we have the uh, giant behemoth, which is a oh my god involved in. Well, it is. He supervised that one. Like that was like very late in 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 his 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 it life. It was also supposed um, to be a different story than it ended up being. Um, the giant behemoth, if you don't know, it was supposed to be like a blob of um, nuclear fallout that that sort of like becomes um, sentient and starts killing people. That makes so a lot more sense because I've seen that movie and that movie has like really cool monster effects, but it is like fucking bleak as shit in its human stuff because it's like, oh, all these people got serious radiation poison and died. Like, everyone dies horribly in that movie. Um, And then it's intercut with one of the worst human stories of all time. So, like, all the monster stuff is really compelling, but the, the human stuff is so goddamn boring. It feels like you have a bunch of radiation being just poured into you and you're slowly dying. <laughs> yeah, and that's supposed to be the story, really. They've just um, add. They decided that wasn't something that people wanted to see, so they added the dinosaur, sort of, right? Um, which they call, <laughs> as predicted in the Bible, which I'm not sure that happened in the Bible. That the dinosaur came and started eating people, um, but it also that story suggests that God sends that dinosaur, which I think is an interesting idea for a film. Uh, but I don't think they really, uh, you know, play that out. If that's a God's dinosaur, I'm totally Jesus riding a dinosaur. Oh man! Like, don't you remember at the the first scene of the giant behemoth? He's like, "I just, I lived, bitch. I'm back." (laughs) Um, the next we get another um Andrew we now know is Andrew's favorite director, Burr I Garden, um, film Earth versus. The spider. I'm, I, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I really want to, really want to get into this one. I haven't actually seen this one either. Um, uh, and I also, um, I thought it was interesting that it's clear that this documentary has the same um, commitment to only showing dinosaur films that this podcast does. About yeah, I was, I, I felt less bad watching this because I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, good. Other people uh, gave up halfway through and were like, yeah, fuck it, we're showing giant spiders now. Ah, big old spider. Um, <laughs> 
one of the things about especially early Bird Eye Gordon movies is like the the effects are just honest to god awful um but the commitment is there and the heart is there there's like a weird heart to uh everything Bird Eye Gordon does so like you can't help but be charmed by it even though it is often uh blaringly inept to be frank yeah yeah, um, but it, it, I that movie looks fun, sort of. It also ushers in another theme we see throughout these, which is, like, people driving into things and then just blowing up. Um, yes, I love it. There's I just a it. giant spider and someone just rams into it with a car and they all scream and flip away and blow up. Um, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You see that again and again in these. Um, the next one is the Ray K- Kellogg film, um, the 1959 film The Giant Monster, which is described as having a hatred of mankind. Which makes me wonder, like, is this, I haven't seen this film, but does it, like, have a story arc? Like, what, did, did humans come and step on the eggs? And it's like, those motherfuckers. I fucking love this movie. I okay. love the giant Gila monster. Um, but it really is, they just put a, like, a Gila monster on miniature sets and just filmed it walking for a long time. And they just keep cutting back to it. And it's just taking a leisurely pace because it's just a giant Gila monster. And uh, it's one of those ones where it just it's a giant monster, but, like, that's just an animal. But I don't feel as bad because it literally is just, like, a chill-looking, di- like, lizard that's just kind of slowly walking. And, like, oh, it slowly knocked over that toy car. Boom! Explosion in the next scene. Um, and it's it's one of those, it's one of those uh, giant monster movies that's really entertaining because it has, like, a great human cast to it. Um, and a very rockabilly, um, like retro style, uh, that I, that I really, really dig. It's like a very fun teen movie. Okay. Okay. Um, the next film is the 1981 film by Larry Buchanan, The Loch Ness Horror, which has an incredible poster. I don't know if you've ever seen Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen the poster, never seen the movie. I'm always about to press play on that movie, but now that I'm glad... That makes you want to watch the film, but I'm sure it's awful. Oh, I, I've heard it's like, it's truly awful, uh, this one. But I do appreciate that, you know, the Loch Ness Monster vapes. It, it also appears that there's a picture online with the Loch Ness Monster wearing a hat and a cloak. She no, that is costume. that is from a parody film that uses oh. the same costume. Like that's amazing. Yeah, so they, there's like a, a parody film. Um, I think I think it might be Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh, um, I've seen that movie. I didn't realize that it uh... might be that. I I could be wrong, but it, there's like a there's a big slew of like uh, comedic bits, and they reuse the costume from the Loch Ness horror in a cloak and a hat. Um, this also stars uh, Sandy Kenyon, um, who is, um, I don't know if you know who that is. No, that's not a real person. It is a real person, and uh, relevant to anything that Andrew's talking about, is the voice of John Arbuckle in Here Comes <laughs> Well, fuck. Uh, we guess I'm, I'm definitely watching this now. I have to. I have to. Um, the next we have, the Land Time Forgot from 1974, uh, Kevin Connor, um, yeah, film director Motel Hell, of course. Um, this is another. This one's the Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, ripoff, I believe. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. This is the Doug McClure one, right? Uh, I didn't recognize this film, so 
So, okay, so um, there's an actor who appears in all, like, a bunch of these. Like, he also appears in At the Earth Core. Yeah. And he is who Troy McClure in The Simpsons is based on. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. So this is one of his monster movies. And this is by Amicus, who is the competitor to Hammer. And Amicus go, went, yes. like, full suitmation and, like, puppetry for their dinosaurs, whereas Hammer spent a little bit more money. Um on uh getting stop motion but i think both are really really fun and i, I the I idea really for this film is you sort of um sort of this sort of reminded me of the last dinosaur in the sense that like you, they get into like a submarine and it goes underwater it comes back up and it's like we're in dinosaur world and right right and out. you'll you'll see that about seventeen thousand more times yeah. yeah of course yeah um next we have the greatest fucking movie ever made know what it is jack the giant killer oh yeah i was so happy when i saw that i was so Um, happy we talked extensively about this film it is amazing um pendragon is my boy love me some pendragon um you know that's that's all i have to say i I genuinely might watch this movie again tonight like that's (laughs) that and that is like really saying something considering to make that like make that podcast i watched that movie four times in a row so yeah yeah um a film um i have seen i have not seen this next one it came from beneath the sea which is uh robert gordon's giant octopus film from 1955 yeah so Um, so we're gonna run into some stuff that we'll definitely be covering on the podcast because we'll definitely be doing a a retrospective of everything that harry housen pretty much touched um just because it's very important um, but this is one of those movies where it is very evident that the reason why it's remembered is because of Ray Harryhausen and not because of anything else. The octopus looks dope. The octopus is dope. He's like a, a, a quintopus or something because they, they, like to save money, there's only like five tentacles or whatever. Um, <laughs> okay. and, but the human elements of this movie is like incredibly backwards and terrible. Um, like the entire like plot is like there's this newfangled woman out there. You hear about this feminism? Yes. What are they gonna do? They're gonna take our jobs, and we're never gonna be the Have same to again. Fight octopuses from the bottom of the ocean. That's what you get when you give a woman a job—a giant octopus. Do you want a giant octopus? I've been listening to that man Benjamin Shapiro, and he's been telling me all about these octopuses. Uh, yeah uh you're like you make a lot of jokes but like it's basically it's basically that because it like literally ends with a line of like there's a new type of woman on the horizon well we survived basically like it's so bad it's so bad oh my on the flip side we get to one of the greatest giant monster movies of all time one of my favorite films of all time 1954 gordon douglas's them them Damn, such a good movie so good and um so fucking good it's um it's it's very funny because if you watch that movie and then you watch the movie aliens right after each other it's very clear that james cameron ripped most of that movie off which you should you know what i mean i don't blame him. oh not bad uh, people by the way both are great seen... yeah yeah and by the way um more people should see them yes if you haven't seen it it's it's really one of the best monster movies of all time in my opinion really 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 good really good um a movie i know way less about valley of the dragons i Um, i barely know much about this movie but it's one of those movies that has the 
I believe this is one of about four movies where the only dinosaur footage is that scene of uh, uh, two lizards rolling around that they've reused like 17,000 times. And they always use the same line, the two titans coming together. The two titans coming together and doing barrel rolls, basically. It's like, oh, do a barrel roll. It's really weird. Like, the idea, I guess, is that, like, a comet hits the Earth and two men, like, fly away to the moon. (laughs) 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 On the moon, there's dinosaurs. Like, it's really fucking weird. That Um, sounds amazing because, like, it sounds like a... Ah, you know, Tom, we're finally away from all those women, eh? And then, like, they just start making out crazy <laughs> and the dinosaurs show up. Come fly me to the moon. <laughs> um, and I guess this is based on Jules Verne's story. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. One of my favorite films of all time. I know one of Andrew's favorite films of all time. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Uh, is next. Hell yeah, hell yeah. It's such a good fucking movie. I I, I love uh, this is when I when, this is when I I message you and we started noticing that like all these trailer trailers throw in the word Holocaust, which is yeah weird. It's weird. A weird. It's weird, right? Because also it's like you know, uh, 1954 is uh, not too far. So this would be 1956 when this trailer was released, but. Still, that is like maybe twelve years after the real Holocaust, right? Like, no, Andrew, that Holocaust didn't happen. This one really <laughs> did happen with <laughs> with the giant monsters. But you know, it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing that kept uh, showing up in these trailers, especially considering you know it's Godzilla and you know the Japanese. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Look up comfort room. Um, and we're everything that happened in Nan King. Yeah, they were particularly on the right side of history. No, Just, no. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, I do. <sighs> the long-awaited. Um, if you list, if you're the one person, um, thank you for, who listened to our tier list. I finally got to see the giant claw in action, um, <laughs> and it's awful. Oh, it's, it's it great. Looks, it so, looks so fucking bad. It's it so looks bad. like somebody put googly. It's great that they put googly eyes on a giant monster, um, but that's what it is. It's a giant. It looks like a Muppet. Yeah. So apparently they outsourced. Like, so this was actually a pretty big budget movie, but they decided to outsource and save money to a random studio in Mexico to make this, like, make the costume. And nobody filming knew that this is what this thing looked like. So the entire movie is played very straight-faced, and then this fucking goofy-ass creature shows up, uh, and it's kind of amazing. <laughs> There's a scene in this <laughs> trailer where uh, Mark Horday, who's, who's, who's the uh, main actress in the film, is sitting in the living room, and she's talking to Mitch, who's the, the, you know, the, uh, the main character, and she's like, Mitch, and then she's like clearly like shocked, and he they both turn and look out the window, and they show a shot of the giant claw, and it cuts back to her face, and it looks clearly disappointed. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> Apparently, like uh, I think it's like Mitch. I think the star of that movie, he saw it on opening day, and then snuck out of the theater when he saw it. <laughs> the, the, the creature. <laughs> Poor Jeff Morrow, the star of the giant claw. Poor Jeff. Um, on to another, and you know, giant claw side. 
Um, we're sort of going back and forth with great films and terrible films, and this is a great one. 1955's Tarantula. Oh, yeah. Um, directed it's... by Jack Arnold, who, a, a black goon, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it, this it's is, like, a space. really fun movie to watch, like, in a double feature with the Deadly Mantis, because, like, they're so, so uh, peas in a pod in terms of uh, execution and, and how much fun they are. Yeah, um, and this is definitely another one of those um, films where people drive into giant animals and just fly away. Oh, uh, God. this is a great movie. So many. There's so much of that. And a young Clint Eastwood showed up and uh, shoots this the tarantula. And, uh, you know, feel bad for the tarantula. I kind of wish he had uh, taken him out. Yeah. Feel bad for us. The tarantula got off easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, here's another film that I know has um, come up before and I haven't seen, but I think you might have um, another Harry Housen film. Uh, or part of Harryhausen's films, um, 20 Million Miles to Earth. What, the um, single greatest, uh, at least for me, the single greatest monster um, ever to be on screen. Um, it looks terrifying. Y- y- well, e- but, well, even, yes, he can be scary, but he has like so much our heart and emotion, and it feels so real, like... The um, it's honestly one of uh, Harryhausen's best performances because um, you know that that monster is truly a performance in the way it's animated and the way it interacts and um, you know just uh, every, everything about that movie I really really love and it's uh, almost always just because how uh, likable and how emotive and sympathetic that monster is. This also starts um, another theme we see a couple times, which is monsters fighting elephants for some reason. Well, that's um, that's Harryhausen, man. That I don't know what he, he had against elephant elephants, fight. but it just like oh, <laughs> fucking you saw fuck. Dumbo and he's like, "Fuck those racist crows! I'm gonna show every elephant what the fuck is up." <laughs> These elephants uh, will pay for the sins of those crows. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's possible. Um, I think one of an interesting. Um, conceit, which I haven't really seen before, at least in a film like this, is like I think every night it grows, gets bigger, which is kind of yep. cool. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a cool idea. Yeah, it starts um, out like as a little baby monster, and it like sort of gets bigger and bigger, and like you know they the the sense of scale is done really well, and it takes place in Rome too, which is kind of fun. Um. Yeah, that's cool. Um. Next is one of my favorite films. In, in monster films, um, one of my favorite Godzilla films, and uh, an, a, one of the best um, trailers of the bunch, which is Godzilla versus the Thing or versus Mothra, depending on. Yeah, um, so uh, Mothra versus Godzilla. I just love how um, you know some American got this footage and was like, you know, no one is gonna want to see a moth. Okay, no one is gonna want to see it. So we have to make it look like. There's some fucking mysterious Lovecraftian entity that is gonna fight Godzilla. Because right now, have you looked up Godzilla versus the Things poster? Have you? Yes, yes. A- yes where yes, it's yes. like a question mark and there's a whole bunch of like yeah. tentacles all around. Um, the tentacles is weird, but I sort of like the idea of not knowing there's a giant moth in this film until you see it. I obviously, you know, when I saw it, I knew it was Mothra, right? Because Mothra was already a thing you know what i mean right right um beloved and everything um uh, 
but like I sort of like the idea of like what is going to happen? What's going to hatch out of this egg? You know? Yeah. No. It's a it's uh, it's a very fun uh fun way to kind of uh do the conceit and explore it. I just think it's very funny because that's like. Um, there's a lot of things going on in that movie, and there's actually a lot of uh, really intriguing message in that movie. Like it's uh, w- one of the things that's uh, very original in terms of these Toho monster movies is that is a deeper thematic element in even the human scenarios, right? They're, they're always trying to talk and they're trying to to have um, things that are kind of more interesting going on with the human cast than. Um, say, uh, you know, it came from beneath the sea, right? Like, there there are a bunch of uh, American monster movies that do not have the uh, depths and complexity, um, but uh, mystery is not one of them in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I know that. Um, I, I, you know, like I said, um, yeah, I, I just kind of like that. It, the, oh, it's fun. It's all fun. in all, it's a great fucking movie. Um, and it's a, it's a really interesting um, trailer as well. Um... I don't know if I need to explain much about it because it's one of the most popular science fiction stories of all time, Journey to the Center of the Earth, um, starring uh, Gertrude the Duck. <laughs> I, uh, I have uh, rented this movie like 20 times and I just haven't pressed play on it and uh, I'm really bummed for that because I love to hear James Mason because he always sounds like he has had a full bottle of whiskey whenever he talks. <laughs> I've actually never seen this film. Um, but I know it's, I think it's, people love this film, I think, right? I think it's a really beloved film. It, it had a It had a cartoon based off it, and I watched the cartoon, uh, episodes of the cartoon, which is just, it was it was insane. Um, but yeah, so this, uh, this is I like. I read the book. I've never seen the film. I think this was like, it, it, I think this was kind of made right in that area of when uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was made, which is also another yeah. James Mason um that's jules verne right like that correct they both yeah. are yeah so they both are so yeah there's a there's a kind of a trend of uh you know mason starring in big uh jules verne films and i think like this is kind of riding off those coattails and actually is probably pretty good so yeah um this is also directed by henry levin who uh directed the Genghis Khan film uh with oh not the Oh, sorry, the the Omar Sharif one, not the one that murdered Correct. a whole bunch of people? Not the one that murdered people. No. Oh, okay, okay, good to know. Um, Next, Andrew, your favorite film, my favorite film, this podcast's favorite film, The Crater Lake Monster. Yeah, boy, it's my boy, The Crater Lake Monster. And they, they, I don't know you what know, else we could say about this. This was, uh, this was a great trailer. Um, they did miss the very lengthy robbery scene. Um, so, you know, that's, um, you, you missed out on that. You know, we could have, we could have used w- at least one shot of that amazing t-shirt stand again, but uh, I didn't even matter, so. <laughs> Also, you know, um, not enough of my boy Mitch, you know, <laughs> not, not, not enough of my boy Arnie, you know, in that love story, which is the centerpiece to that film. Yeah, right. and the uh, sheer amount of animals they own, and that scene where they're just drunk walk, walking around, and they see a rock and it scares them. Mm-hmm. Should that that whole thing should have been there, anyways. Um, next, a film we almost did: the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. This, um, uh, I, I'm kind of glad we didn't do this because um, let's just say. There is a lot of uh, Harryhausen books that I need to kind of obtain before I really want to crack into him. Uh, 
and uh, there's at least two other books that I really need, uh, one of sure. which is uh, super expensive, so I'm kind of debating on that one. But anyways. Um, this trailer is bananas. So there's the, a weird the scene trailer. of this trailer is that Catherine, um, excuse me, I was going to say Catherine Crosby, um, who, at the, who, was Bing, who was married to Bing Crosby, God bless her soul, um, <laughs> um, narrates as herself the actress. The, yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> I don't. The trailer, and she says stuff like, she says stuff like, um, this includes uh, that dynamation, which I don't know what it is, and they won't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that was the weirdest part of that. Or like when she's like, well, no. There's the weirdest part is there's like a bunch of scenes in the seventh voyage Simba, which I've seen a, a couple times, where she's small and gets bigger. Right. And she says in the trailer, I'm not always small. Sometimes I'm a big girl. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> up. And then she's like, what is she called? Simba? Like a strapping young lad. And oh, like, God. you know, there's all those you, scenes of kissing it. And like, yeah, what's so you're funny. You're going to want to fuck him. Like, that's basically like the. <laughs> Kids, watch this film. You're either want to gonna fuck me when I'm big or fuck him. Uh, and again, what's uh, what is hilarious is that you know the actor who played Sinbad was uh, a very happy gay man. So yeah, um, you know that that's always same thing. Yeah, that wasn't the same dude as Jack the Giant Killer, though, right? Yes, it was because the Jack oh, okay, the Giant Jack the Giant Killer has the same villain, the same director, and the same hero as this movie. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but he's not great in Jack the Giant Killer and. Oh yeah, he's great. Um, he's great. Although it is kind of awkward seeing these movies now because it's like, oh, we really, we really committed to that Arabian theme, didn't we? Ooh. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. It's still great. Um, but... Yeah. Speaking of great, next up, nineteen fifty six, Rodan. Rodan. Yeah, this is what does say about Rodan? Rodan, Rodan is film. very fun, and uh, I think they really threw together a really fun trailer for it as well. Like, this, yeah. this could be your city. You could be next. I know it's so stupid, but it's still a great fucking trailer. It's a great movie, too. Um, yeah. Um, next, The Beast, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms from 1953, which is also sort of a classic, right? Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. I, I, uh, I, I really, I really dig this, although, like, you know, I think it, I think the creature is obviously the main highlight, um, is another Harryhausen joint where I think that some of the human elements are rather weak in comparison to the strength of those special effects. This idea sort of um, is like the thing, right? Like uh, essentially, you know, um, it comes from a frozen time period, the Arctic Circle, right? Right, but it's also Lola like was a direct Bob. inspiration for Gojira as well. Like the the yes, the yeah. main plot of Gojira has a lot of similarities, but it's just like everything is executed way stronger in Gojira. Yeah. Um. Also, the weird thing about this one is that they sort of dropped this. Um, Things like from the Saturday Evening Post, which makes it seem like it's from an actual newspaper. Yeah, that, yeah, but that it's was not. weird. It's uh, Ray Bradbury wrote the sto- short story, which they published in the Saturday. Right, like why wouldn't you be like Ray Bradbury? Come on, Bradbury. guys, like yeah. whoa. I don't know. Was Bradbury just not? 
I don't know. I, I, I would guess he still has the the name recognition in nine, you know, in nineteen fifty three, right? Yeah, I think I, I would. Think, I would think right? so. I would think so, but I'm not sure. Um. Yeah. So uh, next is um, a film I know from the new return of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Um, a film I think we've talked about a little bit before because of the American sort of change of the film reptilicus reptilicus is illicus uh yes um so and and this trailer is clearly indicative of like uh a a trailer advertising a movie that this isn't um you know everything that they 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 did to kind of like adapt this um and put people in the frame of mind is that this is a serious movie so therefore it's all the more like laughable right like uh and, and make fun of all but like the thing is like no 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 they like they they actually did like a really good kind of a monster movie parody in a way and it is supposed to be a comedy and it is supposed to be kind of over the top and ridiculous at how this looks and how it reacts and i think it's actually pretty it, the same thing actually happens in king kong versus godzilla but we'll get to that later but anyways but yeah same kind of topic where they kind of take the humor out of a uh very humorous movie and then, you know, and then Larry Moulton introduces this film, right? That's uh, another thing that comes up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, next, we have a film I wasn't really um, familiar with, The Land Unknown from 1957. <laughs> I've seen The Land Unknown. I've seen it. Man, that is a terrible-looking T-Rex, man. That key T-Rex is really one of bad. the worst-looking T-Rexes ever on screen. It looks like Barney. Oh, it's so bad. It looks so bad. Like, I, and it was made the exact same year as Gojira. And like, I just want to be like, yeah, no, look, like this movie had way bigger a budget than Gojira. Look at this. You want to continue talking shit on Godzilla? Like, look at these fucking movies beside each other. Uh, but other than that, I, it's kind of exaggerating. It's it really fun. looks like Barney. Like, look it up. Look up the pictures of it. It's the goofiest looking fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, there was rumors for years that what happened to the head was that that was the head that was put in the monsters, uh, like as the dragon in the monsters. But uh, that's just a rumor. That that wasn't the same head. So, um, next up, nineteen sixty three, a film I'm very familiar with, um, a hero, a legendary hero with the greatest name any person could have, Jason and the Argonaut. Uh, it's weird that you're like really going for Argonauts, but uh, whatever, you know, each, each your own. Uh, I guess that's your favorite name of all time, but yeah, sure. Uh, this uh, is a great film. I've seen it a million times. One of the best. Uh, this is this is a great, great trailer in my opinion. Um, if you've seen the film, um, I'm going to get to that at the end. I have something to say about all of these. But, um, you know, uh, it just really, um, I, I love how it... it <laughs> One of my favorite things about this trailer is it says it has like a story by a Polyonis Oak. Right, right, like, yeah. He exactly. was on set, like <laughs> looking at those skeletons, like I don't approve. <laughs> like he was. I um I honestly think that the uh, skeleton fight in this movie is the pinnacle of special effects. So it's cool. So good. it's so cool. So good. It's so the, I love how. I mean, obviously, Army of Darkness really um, borrows from this heavily. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure that that's a direct influence. And I, oh. In that film and this film, 
I love how like angry the skeletons look. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and oh yeah, believe me, I listen to Army of Darkness with commentary, and like half of it is just like, yeah, it's just an excuse to do all these Harryhausen things. We fully got yeah, to go full Harryhausen, yeah, which is awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Next, we have um, your friend and my friend, the three-headed monster, the king, Gidra. Gidra. Yep. This is a um, fucking awesome looking trailer, man. Like this sold it, it so well, like favorite. so fucking awesome. And it's really the nineteen um, sixties Avenger film, right? You sort of get uh, Godzilla, Mothra. You get the whole gang together. Yeah, like, no, like, I mean Avengers is the the two thousands uh, Ghidorah. But anyways, continue. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ghidorah's <laughs> way better than fucking Thanos for sure, right? Right, so like oh, yeah. I, I don't know, I, um, you know that those Marvel movies get all the credit for making like that connected universe, but this really is that first. Like, I, I, yeah, I it's uh, it's it, 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 it's much more uh, interconnected than um, you know. So there's there's probably an argument to be made that the uh, Universal horror films, like from those the classic era, are that. But when you finally get all of them together. Um, the movies have no sense of continuity, really. Um, like so, like House yeah. of Dracula and House of Frankenstein, like they don't. Right. They're they're awesome movies. I love them, but they don't actually fit into like a wider world and a universe, and they they don't feel as interconnected as these uh, kaiju films do. Yeah. Um. Next, we have um another Kevin Connor film. Right. Um. Starting starring Peter Cushing. Right, Peter Cushing, who's actually alive and not animated into the film. Oh, don't even. Don't um, and even Doug McClure again, Troy McClure, um, at the Earth's core. At the Earth's core. I I own this one as well. I just have I haven't actually popped it in yet, but um... I, I, you know I saw it with Mystery Science Theater three thousand and Return. So oh, there you I go. have seen this film. Um, nice, but only through that that um, lens, and I really can't. I don't really think of that as actually seeing the film because how can you really? watching mystery science theater i know that that show gets a lot of love for you know just letting people see those films that they might not see otherwise but it really does interrupt the flow and your feeling and the tone of the film um so yeah i mean i i so i guess i wouldn't say i've actually seen it um but yeah nice nice fair um next we have um a film i wasn't i really wasn't familiar with the valley of Guanji. What you have you have no you never seen the Guan- Valley of Guanji? Oh my god. Really the the Valley of awesome. Guanji is so I kind of have this flip flopping kind of thing about Harryhausen where I was like, Oh, I think like the, the beast in twenty million miles to Earth is the best, but like I think my favorite Harryhausen movie maybe as a complete package may be Valley of the Guanji. It's so much fun. So explain this to me. So it appears that when I when I looked it up, it appears to be like a. I thought it was like, oh, this is set in the old west, but no, it's like a stunt show, right? Yeah, it's it's. This so monster. this is like one hundred percent. It's almost like King Kong, but they brought the dinosaur back from a valley, and it's with gotcha. cowboys basically. Because it's but all they're not the... real cowboys. They're playing. No, no, they're like stuntmen basically, who 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 go and they ra- wrangle a bunch of uh, dinosaurs in this like forbidden valley and like bring them onto the to do a stunt show and then uh, predictably everything goes goes awry. Um, 
So, so it's set during the Old West, or it's set... I, I no, didn't it's, really understand if it was set so it's a, during it, modern times in yes, the Old it's, West it, show. Okay. It, it is mod- modern, um, but it's not really... It's not really focused on a time period per se. Um, yeah, I kept wondering why don't they just go get a rocket launcher and shoot that fucking thing if it's nineteen sixty nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's um, it's, they're like they're like roping pterodactyls and like riding them and shit, which is a great idea. But you know, you know, they're just stuntmen. They're not. They're not killers. They're, they just do stunts. Okay. Okay. And it's great. One of the funniest conversations I ever heard in a podcast was people arguing over this trailer as to whether or not they think that Guanji is like a Pokemon. Because, like, it just it cuts to him and he's like, Guanji, Guanji. Because, like, it looks almost like Guanji is talking in those scenes where it just cuts to him and it just, like, whispers, like, Guanji. Is Guanji saying Guanji? Yeah. Exactly. Like, so is yeah. Guanji. Up like a character like can he just say his name like he just whispers it in your ear like it's asmr like guanji and i hi i'm guanji and today i'm gonna unbox this wrapping paper um it's the best. next we know him we love him gorgo gorgo i love gorgo uh gorgo is great uh i've actually even read all of the comics with gorgo in it so you could say I'm yeah. a bit of a Gorgo connoisseur. Um, you know, I, I, I really love Gorgo. Um, you know, if you haven't seen Gorgo, I think it's a film that's sort of maligned, isn't it? A little bit? Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's again, it's, it's one that, that appeared in Mystery Science Theater, so that kind of does right. get it a reputation that, you know, not always But it's good. better than that? You know, I think it oh. is better than that. I think it's a film that Mystery Science Theater sort of, um, doesn't do a great job of highlighting the better parts of it, you know? So, I don't know. i check out Gorgo if you haven't seen it. This trailer's sort of dope, too. Oh, yeah, um, this, is, this, is, this is so much fun. Irish stuff. Um, um, so, yeah. Um, the next one is objectively one of the best films ever made, 1933's King Kong. Yeah. Uh, this trailer's great. I th- I'm guessing this is uh, one of the... This trailer is for one of maybe the 1938 re-release of it. I yeah, it's it's bunch. either that or like the the 1950 really re-release. It's kind of difficult to tell because they they basically just said like don't miss it again or something like that. Or... Don't miss it this time, which makes me feel like it's close to the initial release. Yeah, sort of the thing you would say like the second time I guess you'd release it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm guessing, but that's um. And next we get um the much hated son of Kong, the much loved, the much loved by Andrew. I love Son of Kong, uh, and we'll get into that soon. Yeah, so we will spend time talking about King Kong and Son of Kong. Um, you know, we're getting close to the end. Uh, 1962's King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, the um, the the placement of this was uh, rather mean, I would say. Um, you know, nothing nothing I highlights that that Kong suit worse than uh, being immediately compared to the other Kongs. Yeah, I love how they start this trailer by being like, this is Godzilla's pee fucking brain. It's I fucking hate that. Okay, Kong. don't even get me started. It's like another thing of like that's a fucking stupid Americans that like come on and they're like, Godzilla's so stupid and Kong is so smart. And I'm like, bitch. I've always thought Godzilla is smart too, which has always been confusing to me. Um, he is. Well, because again, it's like you, you're like treating him like he's like a normal lizard. It's like, bitch, he's like a fucking mutant. Like... He got yeah. big brain. He wants to turn himself into a magnet to fucking chop off a thing's head. Anyways. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and, and there's um, uh, we talked about this before the show, but I think it's worth talking about here. Um, King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, Willis O'Brien really sort of got uh, stabbed in the back by uh, John Beck. Fuck you, John uh, Beck. But yes. What's that? Oh, I said just fuck you, John Beck. That was all I'm saying. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck you, John Beck. Um, it was originally supposed to be um, King Kong versus Giant Frankenstein Monster, which I really want somebody to make that film. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, John Beck took that idea and brought it to Toho, where they kind of, you know, transformed it into King Kong versus Godzilla, which, you know, I understand is a marketing decision. Obviously, two of the biggest names in Giant Monsters, it, not one of them. The two biggest names in giant monster films. Well, not at that um, time. So uh, Godzilla was still fair. only like a one and done. Like he had done, he did Godzilla's raids again had come out, but it wasn't as popular. Yeah. King Kong versus Godzilla actually made him the biggest because this was an incredibly popular film. So, but still, the original Godzilla was very popular, right? Like well, more it, than it more. It's more the cultural zeitgeist than giant Frankenstein monster. I mean, yes, yes, but uh, like at the time, it wasn't the same as it is now, kind of thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. This um, helped to cement it. And we're also, I think, it's, I guess it's worth mentioning that King Kong vs. Godzilla um, supposedly coming to HBO sometime in the next year. Um, next is the Don Chafee movie starring Raquel, 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 excuse me, Raquel Welch, the Hammer film, One Million Year BC. Hell yeah. Hell, this film has actually got a lot more to it than I had originally kind of thought. Um, and I was kind of I was kind of pleasantly surprised when I watched this for the first time not too long ago. Nice. I, um, I'd be inter- I'm interested to check this out. This is sort of one of those films, again, um, about like a... Well, I guess not again, because they exist in this world, right? Like this right. Is a- so this is actually a remake of a really early talkie um actually it might be a silent picture i'm not sure but there was another 100 1 million years 100 million years bc type of uh, movie and this is actually a remake of that but with much better effects <laughs> this time around because that one was just the old tapey on tapey on the lizards but uh, this one actually had ray harryhausen but this one um you know the poster is more famous than the movie um which is course, which is a thing that you yeah. see actually happen quite a bit. I was I was kind of amazed we didn't see Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman here, but like that's another example where the poster is way more famous than the movie itself. But um, it's a uh, it's a very famous poster. But I think the movie itself has a lot more to it um, than would be originally expected. Um, and finally, the nineteen seventy film, um, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Yes, which is kind of like the unofficial sequel um, to to um, the Hammer films, uh, the one with Harryhausen that we just saw, like one million years BC. Um, and um, the guy who did a lot of this animation is Jim Danforth, and um, I'm just mentioning that because I had to go to kind of stupid lengths to. Um, kind of hopefully obtain uh his book his biography which was released in two volumes do you want to know how it was released jason oh it was released and this is in like the 2010s like this is about 2012 so somebody got the stupid idea to only release this book on a cd-rom not digitally not in print nothing like that it's just on a cd-rom and it is so 
far out of print, it's fucking insane. I had to contact the original <laughs> publisher and be like, do you have any of these? And he's like, and he was like, oh, you know, uh, I actually do have a few actually kicking around that I'll sell to you. And I was like, wow. So I literally had to like contact the uh, original publisher and uh, he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's no not for sale anywhere else, but I do have a few extra ones, so I'll just charge you the original cost. And I was like, oh, thank God. Uh, one side is that and the other side is AOL. Yeah, it might as well be. The, the, the other volume, so that was just volume one. Volume two, is, which is the one that actually has a lot of the stuff that I would really want to know, but at least volume one has uh, Jack the Giant Slayer and goes up to the movie we're talking about right now. Um, so at least I'll get half of it. But the volume two is uh, so out of print that they are they ask for two hundred dollars for it. Not the not the publisher, like a different person, like a because the publisher did not have any of those anymore. So it was. Uh, I really hope I can find volume two. That's all. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean that brings us to the end. I mean one of the things that struck me, um, aside from this being a really cool look at different uh, monster movies um, trailers, is like. I never want to hear anybody fucking complain about how trailers show too much shit now. Oh, Holy God. shit. These trailers show every single... Every single one of these trailers shows every single set piece and every single shot of the monster fighting. What, honey? It's crazy. The Kong trailers, like, basically shows them falling from the Empire State Building, right? Like, it's... Right. Yep, it shows the... Pl I mean, but it's every single... The... <laughs> the, um... <laughs> The Voyage of Sinbad one show goes through the entire plot of the movie, as does the Jack the Giant Slayer. It shows the fucking scene where he's fighting the dragon. It talks about it. Or the yep. heartbeat, excuse me. Yep. Um, it's it shows him jumping on the back. It shows the final scene. Yep. How the film ends. Yep. Almost all of these trailers show how the film ends. And it's crazy. It's cra I couldn't believe it. I was like, people who complain about trailers today clearly have never seen trailers prior to like 1960 right right because like you know that that was a whole thing they're just basically like yeah teens come and make out and see some dinosaurs come to our theaters oh yeah i don't know is this is a cool little documentary um i think overall i like dinosaurs exclamation point more um but i do i do really love um going through all of these trailers and sort of seeing them I love these sorts of things. I, um, you know, um, you see this a lot with horror, I think. Yep. More than uh, monster, like, quote-unquote big monster movies. You see a lot of stuff like this, like, which are basically um, trailer reels. Yep, yep. I've, uh, I watch a whole bunch of them, and I, I'm always, like, figuring out, like, ooh, these are great to show at a party. Even though I'll never host a party, <laughs> I don't like parties, I don't want to ever be at a party, but I'll always watch them and be like, oh, yeah, this would be great to have background at a party. Don't worry, we'll never have parties again because the world's in shutdown forever. Yeah, as long as dinosaur films exist, I'll be okay. So, any uh, any final thoughts before we uh, do our plugs? In what, what, what's your favorite of these trailers? Um, my favorite of those trailers, honestly, um, probably Valley of Guanji because it just kind of reminded me about how much I fucking love that movie, and it has a whisper Guanji, Guanji, and then like it it used a little bit of the score, which just kind of reminded me just how it's got like this amazing score where it's like do do do. Do, do, do. it's like a really amazing score and uh i really just want to watch it again now so 
You know what we didn't talk about with Dinosaur's exclamation point was the fact that how good that fucking score is too. Oh right, yeah. The documentary. We didn't talk about that, but Dinosaur's exclamation point. Um, it's like a fucking John Carpenter synth score throughout that entire fucking documentary. Yep. And it's wonderful. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, my favorite is probably... Uh, ah, man, there's so many good ones. I'm going to say my favorite is the Rodan trailer. Hell yeah. It could happen to your town. Is this yeah. your city? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or just because of how fucking stupid it is, the, uh, the Sinbad trailer. The Sinbad one is just, it's just something that would, like, never happen today, and it's, like, such a weird trailer. Like, can, can you imagine if the next fucking, like, Jurassic Park trailer is like, hey, I'm Bl- Bryce Dallas Howard, not Jessica Chastain, <laughs> wink, wink. And uh, today you can see me uh, playing off of a board of wood. Oh, sorry, I mean my co-star, Chris Pratt. And the real reason you're here to see it is CGI. It's a new process that I really don't know how it works. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm really hot in this movie. You should check it out. <laughs> and Chris Pratt, have you seen those abs? They're it's amazing. The, it's the only worth part worth we're all part of him. <laughs> Here's a scene where he's trying to free me from a cage. <laughs> yeah, like, let's watch it together. Let's like, watch what the fuck together. is happening? Oh, that God. literally happens in that trailer. Let's watch this scene together. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you talking to me? <laughs> oh my god it's like it's like one of those sad only fans um <laughs> are you there are you watching this <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new way to celebrate dynamation um but yeah. enough about king dong which is a real porn parody that has surprisingly good effects i've seen it anyway uh, <laughs> I'm Jenna Jameson, the star of King Dong. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no name <laughs> actors in uh, <laughs> King Dong. <laughs> I'm here to introduce something called Penis Vision. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm guessing there's a penis involved. <laughs> Jason, where can we find you on this world wide web? Yeah, um, I got my own podcasts, Moments in Madness, um, where I talk about television and social issues um yeah yep um you can check that out the madness box on twitter right uh or mail at moments of madness you can send me an email there um bad attitude 86 is my twitter i'm also on a podcast called generation intonation with my daughter where we talk about music um through our you know um through our uh freshman years of high school which hers is this year and mine was 1993 1992 we uh we you know we 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 talk about the summer previous as well um i'm also currently on a podcast that got released um about werewolves um uh, it's all about perspective i did a two-week uh you know retrospective on the transformational power of the werewolf both in society and in film and literature and if you want to check that out um it's all about perspective podcast um, you can check it out if you love werewolves like I do. Nice. Um, I hope you enjoy that. Yeah. Nice. So that's it. That is awesome. That is awesome. 
Um, as I mentioned uh, earlier in this episode, um, uh, probably by the time you hear this, probably in about a week or two, uh, I will be on See Jurassic Right, uh, which is Stephen Ray Morris's podcast, talking about the movie Caveman. Um, so if you're interested to hear my opinions on that movie, uh, you can go there. Uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter, uh, me specifically, at, at Wine Movie Nerd. And if you really enjoy the podcast and want to support us on Patreon, we are at Patreon at Milkshakes and Mimosas. Uh, we will also, um, you know, we'll have uh, sh- everything that we talked about uh, in this in this episode in our snow show notes. And uh, next week will be two random 70s Bigfoot documentaries. Uh, so uh, be prepared. Thank you and have a great day. Goodbye.